Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Today, Stephen Wessner joins us with his Encore interview. Stephen is the CEO of Predictive ROI and the host of the brilliant Onward Nation podcast. He is the author of three best-selling books, The Small Business Owner's Handbook to Search Engine Optimization, Increase Online Sales Through Viral Social Networking, and his new book, Profitable Podcasting, Grow Your Business, Expand Your Platform, and Build a Nation of True Fans. Now, Stephen's work is very, very popular. He's been featured in Success, Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Washington Post, and more. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Well, holy bananas, 100 <laughs> episodes. That is that? amazing. Oh my gosh. Lori, seriously, congratulations. Well, well, and thank you, Stephen, because you know what? You taught me everything I know. <laughs> you did. Well, okay. I, I, I may have given you a few nuggets early on. Okay, but you have to take 99% of that compliment back because the reality is is that you know, I share nuggets with lots of people and then, you know, not everybody actually puts those into practice. You, my friend, you, you know, took the nuggets, you then expanded your knowledge well beyond that. And then, and then, but you got to work like really fast. And like, I still remember the conversation, us standing outside the Grand Floridian at Disney. And you're like, <laughs> I think you it might what? have been I'm... raining as well. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I am totally doing this. And, I know. and you did. How awesome. Well, and I love it. I wrote the uh, strategic plan on it, obviously using your recipe on the plane on the way back to Denver. Named it um, pretty much during that flight as well. And here we are, 100 episodes in. And guess what? We're going to celebrate something big today because you have a book out, Profitable Podcasting, Podcasting, Grow Your Business, Expand Your Platform, and Build a Nation of True Fans, which you've done. Tell us what the idea was behind writing the book. Well, I mean, it was really sort of a, a dissection of where Onward Nation started and then where Onward Nation, you know, our daily podcast and, and where where that really took our business. And and th- this book is really the epitome of teamwork, first and foremost. Mm, and, so you know, and, and I mean, you're, you're one of the success stories is featured in the book, along with, you know, nine other super amazing business owners who are really rocking you know, what it is that they're doing within their podcast and how that ties into biz dev. And, and then, you know, um, several of my, the members of my team, Catherine and Eric and Louie and Alex and Jessica all contributed to writing chapters. And then I had the good fortune of kind of stitching it all together with some of the solo cast episodes. So this is a, an, an amalgamation or maybe a curation of some wisdom from some really amazing people, including our mutual friend and mentor, uh, Drew McClellan. Drew McClellan, right? who we love and adore. Oh my gosh, exactly. And, and really, he's the one who, who pushed me to to you know how to think about how to monetize onward nation how to become a better host how to you know hey get the book freaking done and and then <laughs> and you know, those are his Keller. words exactly <laughs> i do <laughs> know that guess <laughs> why <laughs> and then and then wendy keller my amazing you know literary agent who's like you know you ought to write a book on this topic ah. so so it, I am so so proud of our book hitting number one in a new release on amazon because it has a very, very thin slice to do with me and is a great representation of some really, really 
smart people, smart business people, yourself included, mm-hmm. and I'm Thank just you. delighted with the success. Well, you should be very proud, and I tell you, podcasting, you and I were talking about this in the pre-show discussion, it has taken a massive turn in the last 24 months. What was that epiphany, if you will, that you had, that moment in time where you and Drew were having the conversation that you and I had at the Grand Floridian, you know, many months earlier, and you said, okay, I've just got to do it. What was it that finally pushed you? Oh, I mean, in, in just you know, full transparency, I mean, it's it, it wasn't awesome. I mean, here, here, predictive ROI, we, you know, content marketing lead gen shop for business to business clients. And, you know, honestly, in May of 2015, we, we were struggling with our own lead gen. And we had just lost a, a, a major client because, you know, we, we had not done great work. And I'm sitting there at the dining room table at, at my house and I'm thinking, geez, you know, one Sunday afternoon, May 15th. And, and I'm like, you know, we have got to do something different. And so that May Sunday in 2015, I decided, you know what, we're going to launch a daily show. And at that point, I knew nothing about podcasting. Right. And, and so anyway... Kudos to my team. Thirty days later, Onward Nation is born, and and then you know about two months in, Drew's like, along with some of the other members of our owner group, um, says, "Well, how are you going to monetize this?" I'm like, "I don't know." And then and then Drew decided, you know, it's like, "Hey, you know what? I like to have a show. Great." And I'm like, "Huh. Well, that was kind of interesting." And then he came back to me two two months later and said, "Look, the show that you built for me is awesome." Your show, Onward Nation, is awesome. Why in the world are you not doing this for others? Mm. Like, uh, exactly. I don't know. And he's like, well, that's dumb. You need to get this figured out. <laughs> and he used that term with you too. I just know it. <laughs> uh, it was probably a little bit more cruel than that, but I'm cleaning yeah. it up a little bit for your audience. But so then from there, though, that's when sort of the momentum providence set in. I then shortly thereafter interviewed Wendy Keller. We started selling, you know, lead gen packages that were tied into podcasting. And, and then it just kind of grew from there. And it's, and it's been amazing ever since. Answer for our listeners today how a podcast can become the Trojan horse of selling? Well, so it starts with, um, so for those of your listeners who aren't familiar with the story, and I'll just kind of give very abbreviated version, you know, back during the the Trojan War, which could be just kind of myth or legend, or it might be history, that um, actual fact, that, you know, the Greeks after 10 years couldn't beat the Trojans, couldn't get into the city of Troy. So they're like, you know, I think we'll build this Trojan horse and we'll sneak a bunch of, you know, kind of uh, Green Beret dudes in it and they'll unlock the city gates and we'll sack the city. And so that's where that gave the or that kind of gave the birth to the expression of beware a Greek bearing gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a sort of a near and dear story to me just because my family actually immigrated here from Greece and I'm Greek. And, and so I kind of love the story because of that. Um, and, but, but really also it's a biz dev story. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know what, it's hard getting in front of those prospects that will really drive our business, you know, gatekeepers and busy schedules. And "Ah, I don't think I really want to talk with you. And, you know, we're looking for somebody else in that area. So what are we going to do to get over those, you know, 40, 50 foot high walls. Well, we need our own Trojan horse. And the game changes when instead of being, you know, Lori Jones, the president of, you know, Avocet Communications, you knock on the door and you say, hi, I'm Lori Jones. I'm the host of the top rated podcast. And then it's like, 
oh, no, interesting. And I'd like for you to be a guest on my show because here at Integrate and Ignite, we talk about such and such. Oh, now Lori's a journalist. Now the game has changed. Now she's going to have a private one-on-one 60-minute conversation with a decision maker at large company, small company, whoever she wants. Wow. Now it's the Trojan horse of sales. You create the dream list, the people who most you want to be doing business with. And now you interview them on your show, and the game has changed, hasn't it? Well, it certainly has. And, and I think one of the, the most positive outputs, if you will, of hosting a podcast is that content continuity. And it, it's the ability to push out custom content several times a day. You know, certainly shareability is a piece. You know, it's maybe that fourth piece of content that we push out each day or the the eighth or the twelfth, dependent upon what the cadence is. But there's no better way, quite frankly, to develop custom content. Um, uh, and it does not matter if it's my own podcast or your podcast or these several podcasts that you and I are both producing for you know the litany of businesses that we're aligned with um, out there. At the end of the day, there's no better tool to develop that content. Talk to us about some of the recipes that you've used to push out that content. Yeah, it's, it's such a great point because, you know, content is so important, but as you well know, because you're, you know, in the boardrooms or the CEO's office and like, oh, we know we need to create more content, but how in the world are we going to do that? Well, so you record a episode, right? An episode, like what Lori and I are doing right now. Okay, so if she wanted to, which I know that you do this expertly well, so maybe I should be using you as an example here, but, but if a business owner wanted to, they take that episode and certainly that becomes a podcast. Awesome. And that goes out to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever. Um, and that in and of itself is a thing, which is cool. But now you can take excerpts of that, if you will, and put that into an email campaign out to your list or newsletter or something like that. So that's another piece of leverage, right? Podcast now begets email campaign. Awesome. You could also take maybe the 10 best things that your guest said, not what you said, but what your guest said during that episode, cut that up and write 10 tweets, write 10 Facebook posts, write 10 LinkedIn posts. All of a sudden, you've got 30 pieces of social media content off of one episode. Right. You could take them the transcript from that episode, right? And turn that into a long form blog post on your website, another piece of content. Optimize it for search, organic rankings go up. Take that long form transcript, clean it up so it doesn't sound so, you know, Lori said this, Steven said that, <laughs> Lori said, right? So this more conversational, make that a long form article, article on LinkedIn. Well, and one of the the points that you brought up very early on regarding content is ebooks, and you are a master at them. <laughs> <laughs> you truly are, and um, you know. So taking you know five common questions within each interview that you have, and you know taking a look at the most widely listened interviews that you have, and compiling those answers to those questions from five different CEOs or whatever, whoever your audience is, becomes an incredible download piece of content as well. Well, it does, and it becomes your thought leadership, things that you're learning from others blended with your own expertise. Look, I think you just gave your audience the perfect roadmap to building their own ebook or series of ebooks. And, and, and I would sure hope that you know, that they take you up on that and follow that recipe because it's a great way to take a piece of content 
and leverage it into a bunch of different things. And so each episode should give you, you know, anywhere between 30 to 50 pieces of content if if you had the right team in place to do that. Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's worth saying, you know, once we started producing podcasts for our clients, we really had to think outside of the box regarding what would be really beneficial to their target audience and where they are from a general branding standpoint, top of mind awareness standpoint, you know, are they a challenger brand? So many different things that you need to take a look at when when developing a podcast strategically. And we landed on some pretty darn unique uh, avenues to travel down, Mm. including a podcast uh, in the mining industry for an IT company that really isn't pushed out via the the primary podcast channels, but it's utilized only on their website from a case study standpoint. It is so real at that point because it's an ongoing conversation that their sales team or marketing team or the CEO is having with a customer and the customer's talking from the heart. And it provides a level of, of authenticity that isn't necessarily reliable in a written case study. You know in a written case study that the marketing team wrote it. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so so let's talk about authenticity when it comes to podcast. I mean what you hear, what you see is what you hear, what you hear is what you see. Well, it, <laughs> th- this has happened to me, my guess is it's happened to you countless times where, because I know that you travel a lot, you go to a lot of conferences and networking and so forth, and um, whether that's in your client's space or, or, or your own. And, and my guess is you meet people all the time, as I do, where they say, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. I know. I right? Don't you love that though, Stephen? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, because it speaks to exactly what you're talking about here with authenticity. The reason why they feel like they know Lori is because they've spent hours with you in 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 their ears, and they hear your voice. They get the inflection, the notations, and 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 the rhythm, and all of that. And so when they meet you in person, of course they feel like they know you because they've just spent what you know weeks or months or years getting to know you. Right. I walked into a board meeting for the kids' school recently, and I sat down and you know just started chit-chatting with people. And uh, the chairman of the board walked in. And he's like, "Oh, I'm so glad to hear that voice." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I listen to your podcast all the time." <laughs> Isn't that? I mean, but seriously, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, it 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 was one of those um, those. Just not, it was one of those time periods where you think to yourself, okay, this is definitely, we're heading down the right path. We know that we need to be doing this because let's face facts. You and I also talk about this quite a, quite a bit, Stephen. Podcasting, it's, it's an investment in time. So well worth it. And, and the more our shows, you know, you're producing five shows a week. We're going to start producing three a week. And I cannot wait until we're doing five a week because I love it. I love spending the time talking to people and interviewing them. And mm-hmm. it's really what your gift is too. Um, and, and talk to us. There are some naysayers out there. We've run into them. They've shut the door on us. They've said no to the idea of doing a podcast. What do you say to those individuals who won't even, won't even consider, um, actually that's, I'm, I'm going to reword that. 
What do you say to those individuals who should be doing podcasts and are the naysayer on how important a podcast can impact their business? I make sure, and this might sound a little bit silly or weird, is that I make sure that we're actually not having a podcast conversation at all anyway. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but, but, then, but then I start the conversation by saying, saying this question, right? And, and that is, so what is it about having a podcast, having like your own show? This sounds interesting to you. Like, why is that attractive to you? And, and immediately if they say, well, it's not attractive to me at all, then we shouldn't even be having that conversation, right? Right. It's like, well, okay, great. Um, and so then we talk about, you know, whether that's a YouTube channel or a blog or something, right? So some other cornerstone piece of content because you have to be creating content and it has to be relevant to your audience, demonstrating your thought leadership and sharing it. If you're not, you're going to get passed by. I mean, that's just the reality. And, and so if podcasting isn't your thing, maybe you just want to have a YouTube channel. Awesome. Or maybe you're really rocking awesome in your blog, but you need still the content leveraging, you know, past that point. And so you got to have cornerstone pieces of content. Um, but if, so maybe it's not podcast, but it's got to be something. But if that person says, oh, well, and however they answer the question about podcast, then we quickly, or I quickly tie that into their business and business development and the Dream 50 and then Trojan Horse. And that's how the podcast can drive revenue. So it's never about recording an episode or doing an interview and so forth. I always start with biz dev first because no matter what some, what path somebody's going down, if they don't see that strategy moving the needle, whether it's podcasts, YouTube, whatever it is, they're not going to have the stick to in order to continue to invest in it. Yeah, it's so true. Now, in the book, of course, you refer to this as taking your vitals and you know answering questions. There's a, there's a great um, Q&A in here that people can really take to determine how they can best implement a podcast or how they should be doing it, or quite frankly, going back to the very beginning, why they should be doing it. Talk to us about evaluating your vitals. Well, and the reason why I think that is so important and why I dedicated, you know, an entire chapter to it and then creating, you know, really this, this assessment evaluation kind of, because I wanted readers to have business owners to have, the roadmap, but in, and not also to have their heads sort of fancifully filled of, you know, I'm going to create this show and then the world is going to be my oyster and then all these leads are going to come in and wow, I'm going to be, you know, running a whatever size business, you know, 18 months in. Those things do happen. Not to everybody. Most people, it's a lot of work and in having the right strategy. And also your business has to be ready for that. Right. Like your business has to be ready for taking in leads and having a good sales system, a good CRM, and and making sure that your team is capable of scaling and you have a pipeline for talent and you're ready to to know that the next hire is going to be Bob because you've already talked with Bob and he's interested. And as soon as you sell that next two or three accounts, he's going to start on October 1st, right? You need to have all of these things together and podcasting doesn't fix it. Podcasting can amplify the problems in a business model. So you need to make sure that you take good stock of what kind of condition are you in now? Essentially, check your vitals. Right. And I think it's worth noting here, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that a podcast is such a strong sales tool. And that's truly, for the most part, how people should be implementing podcasts today. But I had an incredible interview with Carrie Christopher of GM 
several um, months ago, and he talked about the fact that they produce internal communication podcasts. Now they've got a huge, you know, tens of thousands of people within the organization. But so don't just think, yes, sales is so important, um, but utilize it as an internal communication tool as well to really create that authenticity. There's nothing better than hearing the voice. And let's face facts. It's easier for us to hop into the car or when we're on a plane to listen to a podcast anymore than it is to be able to take that time and sit down in front of a screen and watch a video. Yeah, and, and, and I completely agree with you. In Gallup, um, you know, every year they do uh, a very comprehensive study and, and rank essentially or measure, I should say, the engagement or disengagement of employees within organizations across the country. Actually, I think it might be a global study. And in each year they find between 60 to 70 percent of a company's employees are either disengaged or actively disengaged, which means there's 70% of a company's workforce is, you know, experimenting with or thinking about experimenting with subterfuge. So not only are you facing your competitors on the battlefield, but you're also doing it within your own walls. So, and if the number four reason why somebody, you know, accepts a position or the satisfaction they get is compensation, and the number one reason that they get comp or they get satisfaction in a position is because of the time, love, and attention from their immediate supervisor then why in the world would not a leader of a growing business share his or her message on an active basis with their you know within their culture in order to create that engagement as opposed to disengagement so your example with GM is a great one and more leaders ought to be doing that be so that their teams know that they love them and they want to spend time with them yeah i totally agree and you know, you and I have been doing this for a while, so it's easy for us to sit here and say it is so easy, <laughs> but it is. I mean, once you get the hang of podcasting, once you get into your groove, it really moves very, very, very quickly. What do you feel? So if someone's uh, producing two or three shows a week, actually, if someone is interviewing people, if a CEO is interviewing people for two or three shows a week, what is the average time that person needs to spend on that, that show? And then what is the average production time? Yeah, great question. And and so the, the CEO ought to be spending – now, that CEO ought to have a system in place where he or she can walk up to the microphone, be awesome with his or her guest, and then be done. And because of the CEO is also like trying to be a jack of all trades and pulling levers and turning knobs, that, that's, that's, that's not a scalable solution. So they need to either find a partner or have an in-house team or something like that where he or she can walk up to the microphone, do a 45-minute interview, and be done. And so really each interview is 45 minutes, so I guess you scale that based on the number of episodes that uh, that, that person wants to be doing. And then now behind the scenes – Right. You know, behind the scenes, their team is likely going to spend or invest anywhere between 10 to 20 hours in producing that episode and all of the other content that is attached to it. Right. Um, you know, to do it well, to do it with excellence. You know, getting a single episode out there, I mean, that's relatively efficient, you know, two, three hours worth of editing to really make it sound great. Um, but 
that that's just again that's sort of the tip of the iceberg to do it well 10 to 20 hours per episode i I think is probably realistic i think it is too especially if you are getting such rich content um you know 30 to 50 pieces of content versus 10 or 20 um it is going to take much longer but once you get that locked and loaded into your automation systems and you've got that content you know getting pushed out you know, via Hootsuite or whatever it is on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. That is where the audience really begins to mushroom. Talk to us about, you know, that that moment in time where you were like a little kid in a candy store or, you know, <laughs> the little kid tasting his grandma's chocolate cake for the first time. And you said to yourself, okay, I've arrived. This is going to be awesome. I'm having a blast at this uh like day one um so but <laughs> all, all ju- achiever. <laughs> well it, and it isn't because like the numbers were great or anything like that but just it, because that takes time you know are are there you know some lightning in a bottle and some anomalies where people get you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of downloads in their first month sure um but that, that's that's not typically the case uh, or typical, I should say. Um, but on day one, you know, we got some good feedback. We, you know, a, a bunch of attaboys and people who know and love us and that kind of stuff. And people also who would have told us, you know, this is not actually really good. I mean, and but but they didn't. They said it was good. So on on the first day, that kind of felt pretty positive. But you know what? We went for many months where our audience was relatively the same. Right. You know, it's, it was pretty, pretty static as far as growth was concerned. And you know what? I had a heck of a time doing it. I was still having a ball. And then I would say probably about a year or so ago. So I guess this would have been about 18 months in, but about a year or so ago, all of a sudden the trajectory changed. And like in one month, audience doubled. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then all of a sudden, you know, people on LinkedIn started accepting invitations. And, and now all of a sudden, we're getting three to 400 new LinkedIn connections a day. And, and so, you know, here we're almost 600 episodes in. And I feel like, wow, this is some really new momentum. It felt great early on. And now it's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So it just takes a consistent amount of effort. And and sticking to it, uh, you and I have talked about the fact that the average podcast average is seven episodes and then they quit. Crazy. And the gift of having a company like yours or mine manage the the podcast is that we won't let you quit. <laughs> You know, that's the bottom line. You're paying us to do this and you're going to do it. <laughs> but, you know, the 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 other benefit of having a partner like you is the fact that you're giving that CEO the ability to walk up to the mic, make it easy. Be, right? Be yeah. awesome during the interview and then move on with the other vital priorities in their day, right? Right. And that's a whole lot of value. And I think one of the roadblocks that people feel you know, they just think, you know, I've, I've seen people in rooms put their hands on their head and say, oh my gosh, how am I going to get people on this show? And I may have even done the same thing very, very early on. But if you move into that client, if you understand that client avatar or persona, as some people might know it, and you develop that list of dream 50, then you are going to know who to talk to. It goes back to the biz dev that we talked about early on. 
Well, it, it, it does exactly. And, and I love how you're aligning it with the dream 50. That's really, really cool. But, but also the reality is too, and you're experiencing this to a high degree right now. And I hope you don't mind that I share this, but, but the fact that, okay, you're a bunch of episodes in, this is episode 100. And now you're on the radar screen of top publicists, PR firms, you know, people who are representing major thought leaders or major corporations. And now they're reaching out to you saying, um, so we have this client and we would love it if you would interview him or her thought leader, thought leader, thought leader, big book publisher, New York times, bestselling, whatever, whatever. I mean, hello, that's kind of awesome. It truly is, and it's something that I, it was a, a, a an epiphany, a surprise for me, a great surprise, like pinch myself surprise, when we had someone, a publicist for the first time, want to get uh, their their client on our show, and, and we receive anywhere between three and five a month now, um, sometimes that much in a week, um, of incredible thought leaders uh, that ultimately can share insight with our listeners, and I think it's worth worth noting here that it's important to have you're going to have that dream 50 you know and and you're going to find out whether or not they're a viable lead or not just by talking to them and so that dream 50 kind of always is a moving target right you're bringing people in and you're bringing people out and it's always a moving target but it is so important to make sure that you're getting people and guests on your show that can provide incredible relevant inspiring aha moments to your listeners. And so one of the surprises for me was getting authors on the show. I did not dream of that when we wrote the plan out of the shoot. Talk to us about the most favorite author you've had on your show, other than yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and, And I think that we've interviewed a couple of the same ones. Um, that really, it, it was at that moment in time for you that you said, okay, this is, this is cool. I've just interviewed X. Oh, yeah. And, and, and with, without trying to sound braggy at all, there, there, there have been a number of those moments, a, a lot of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, where you said that kind of pinch yourself. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, I'm interviewing a shark from Shark Tank, you know, with Kevin Harrington, mm-hmm. you know, from Shark Tank. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, uh, but you know, my favorite author, uh, that I've interviewed probably Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. Um, you know, that was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, had a chance to, to spend, you know, some time with, um, with John Barlow, who wrote, you know, in our world, built to sell, which is really kind of a cool agency story, was able to interview Jay Bear, another New York Times bestselling author. Um, one of my favorites, and of course I'm biased because you know he's a very good friend of mine, is Don Yeager. He's written ten New York Times bestsellers, and and and, and really the the list the list goes on and on and on. And um, and, and so it's been it's been a phenomenal experience to be able to interview authors and be able to learn the depth of the subject matter expertise, you know, to the best of your ability in one interview. But what a really cool experience. Um, re- it's like an all access pass to some degree. Well, and of course, Don Yeager wrote the foreword uh, to your new book, Pot- Profitable Podcasting. How, how did the ask go? Get, you know, just get us, bring us to that moment in time where you asked Don to write the foreword. Well, I mean, so you'll you'll laugh because it's really not that climatic, if that's even a word. Um, because I mean, 
Drew, uh, uh, Drew, geez, Drew and Donna, again, getting them too confused because in the acknowledgement section, I actually acknowledge both Drew and Don as it relates to the book because they both really pushed me to kind of, you know, kind of get the best out of me for this book. And so Don is my weekly accountability partner. And every Friday morning at 730, you talk about habits, every Friday morning at 730 Central Time, Don and I call each other. And we have a weekly accountability call, and we've been doing it now for five years. Ah, that is some great advice. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. <laughs> and and so in in that process, you know, I've been sort of on the sidelines of many of you know some of his biggest wins and so forth. And so when I got the the book deal with Amicom because of Wendy Keller, I said to him, I said, you know, brother, it would really mean a lot to me. Like, would you consider writing the forward? He's like, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> And so, you know, really, really cool. I, I didn't have to sell him a lot um, or, or anything like that, but I have the privilege and honor to have somebody like that really close to me, and that's a precious gift. Yeah, it really is. So very quick Q&A here. Why should someone not do a podcast? I can't, and I can't think of a single reason other than you know, they're uncomfortable by, and, and being uncomfortable to some degree is a good thing. But, you know, if, if they're just uncomfortable personality wise or something like that, you know, with the, the technology and, and, and whatnot, it's not the right fit for everybody from like a personality and comfort level perspective. Some of that discomfort is good, but setting that aside and just thinking about business reasons, I can't think of a single reason why somebody shouldn't do it because of the the tremendous impact it can have on your business. What do you feel the biggest challenges that has faced you in getting, you know, and maintaining your podcast? Um, not so much in the maintaining because now we've built a system similar, you know, to you where the where the momentum is is so high. It's but a I machine, say, right? It, it it is. You know, it took a lot of hard work to get there. I get I get that. But but really, it was in the getting started. You know, we all feel this, whether somebody is you know in machismo mode or not. We all feel it, and that's the imposter syndrome. Am I going to be good enough? Will people like me? Will people tease me? Will they think my voice sounds funny? Will I be able to get guests on the show? What if I sound dumb? What if I ask a silly question? What if I say something and the guest says, well, that's really dumb. I can't believe you asked me that. All of that is the imposter syndrome. Everybody deals with it. And as soon as you can get past that main obstacle, the rest of it is easy. It really does fall into place. And at the end of the day, it's all about sales or communicating with an internal team to make sure um, that everyone is working on the same page and, and singing from the same songbook. You mentioned, I'm going to switch gears here for a second. You mentioned okay. a weekly accountability call, which is some great advice. Uh, talk to us about why you do that and how it's impacted you. The reason why we do it is because there's a lot of value in spending time with people who are moving at a pace and tempo that is faster than you, or they have the same goals, the same morals, the same values as you do. You will never, ever, ever outperform your inner circle. Coach John Wooden, who used to be Don's mentor, he mentored with Don, or Don mentored with him, I should say. Don mentored with Coach Every 60 days for 12 years, he Don would fly from Tallahassee out to Southern California and go to Coach's house for the weekend. Every 60 days for 12 years. I mean, to be able to learn from the greatest coach 
in sports history about leadership and discipline and all that. What an amazing experience. So part of the reason why we do it, and one of the lessons that Coach taught Don is you will never outperform the five people you spend the most time with because they will either speed you up or they will slow you down. We're too nice. Think about it this way. If you're walking through the mall with five friends and they're walking slower than you, what do you do, Lori? Well, I speed up. <laughs> But you le- you would leave them in the dust, right? Yeah. Okay, most people don't do that. Most people would slow down and stick with the herd because they want to be nice. Yeah. But then if you're walking with a group of five people and they're walking fast, you keep pace, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this exact same thing happens in business. So you want to hang out with people who are moving faster and pushing same goals, same drive to be successful. And if you don't, you'll slow down. So Don moves at the pace and tempo that I actually aspire to. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, as as businesses are growing and so many people that appear on our shows are in that fast-paced environment, and, and of course, several of our listeners as well, but as they grow, they can truly, you know, become more institutional and it can really dampen the inspiration behind what it is that they do day to day. How have you kept this from happening? Well, um, Gosh, I, I think it really does come back to come, – it comes back to the inner circle from the standpoint that if you're spending that time with the right people, they're, they're, they're going to keep you focused in such a way that, that the negative side effect or the negative outcome, I think, that, or negative result, I guess, that you just described doesn't happen. That's what a good mentor, that's what a good friend does where they can call you on the phone and say – and give you that hug and push – so that that doesn't happen. And, and so I guess my, my point is, is that by having the inner circle properly constructed and being able to spend consistent time with those people, that that, is, that ends up serving as the guidepost that, that we all really need. I love that. Any final words of wisdom for us, Stephen, other than the, I don't know, 650 tweets that I now have from this show? I I think I think if I'm any sort of final um, thoughts would be Marianne Williamson had just such a brilliant quote and and, and, I, and I'm going to mess it up but it essentially this that you're way more smart way more beautiful amazing talented thoughtful creative than you give yourself credit for mm. and. Stop letting the darkness dampen your light. And instead, think about the abundance of God-given talent that you've been blessed with. That doesn't mean run out and create a podcast. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But give yourself an at-bat. And, and not because you know the audience needs to hear you talk about a particular topic or issue. But because it can serve your mission and purpose, and that's awesome. And isn't it even more awesome when you can tie your mission and purpose into biz dev? And so you're not only serving your company that you work tirelessly to build, but that you're also building a nation of true fans around your voice, around your personality, around the culture of your company. And that serves you and your team really, really well. So you have a steady stream of biz dev coming into your business. Come on, why would you not give yourself that at bat? 
Well, I tell you, Stephen Wasner, thank you so much. That closes out the 100th episode of the Integrate and Ignite podcast. And remember, you will never outperform your inner circle. It has been a true blessing to have you on the show again today. Well, it's thank you very much for the invitation. You're very kind, and it was wonderful to be with you, Lori. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.